The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Welcome to episode 21 of The Wizard Files, the special interview series where we go behind the scenes with former staff members of Wizard Magazine. This time around, we have a special guest who knows where all the bodies are buried, because they were likely hidden beneath copies of unsold Wizard half-issues and Toy Fair exclusive action figures in the warehouse. We're excited to welcome to the show Chad Gaver, a.k.a. The Warehouse Guy. That's me. Right. <laughs> we have to ask this just up top to you, Chad. When the wizard offices first moved to Congers, they reported in an issue we just covered that they had planned to install a basketball hoop. We were then later told by another staff member on social media that there was a heated altercation between two employees on the court, which put the kibosh on hoops in the warehouse. So did you witness any of this firsthand? No, I didn't witness any of that firsthand. But the inconsistency in this story um, is that there was a basketball hoop there that some of the guys would roll it out and try to get pickup games going mostly guys from upstairs so there was there was some basketball but i i swear if i ever saw a fight like how much i would have enjoyed that considering <laughs> considering taping up boxes and filling them with hero clicks didn't always keep me uh totally thrilled but man a fight would have been wonderful i bet well it sounds like the upstairs guys were the alpha dogs and downstairs were the the less athletic nerds yeah, that's a pretty accurate description. <laughs> One of the things that would, would make a differentiate, I'd say that's probably true. So, as I understand it, you grew up very near the Wizard offices. You weren't that far away. So, what was it like growing up near Congers, New York? Because from what we've been told by all of our past guests, it's really out there. You know, it's away from civilization. All right. So how do I how do I begin this? So every single town essentially around Congers is sort of like a relative suburb to New York City. And via like distance from New York City, like it really should have sort of been too. But it really, it was like driving through a stretch of Arkansas in the middle of downstate New York. Like, like, and you're seriously like 30 minutes without traffic from like downtown Manhattan. Wow. So that place, it was an interesting town, man. It was a really interesting town. There was, you know, there wasn't much going on except for obviously Wizard. Uh, that, that's what I was going to say. So some of the activities there, there must have been, you know, read some comic books. You maybe got some time on your hands. So were you a comic book reader growing up? And if so, did you have favorite books? Were you collecting? Oh, yeah. To back up a little bit, the reason me and, and, and another guy that, that you guys have interviewed, uh, Todd Casey, he was one of my best friends when we were kids. And he had an older brother that used to play that, you know, the Marvel game that had that you needed to have the handbook of the Mar Marvel handbook. Oh, um, yeah, like the role playing game. Yeah, right. We didn't ever play the game, but like we used to hide in a crawl space in, in the front of Todd's house um, in his room and steal those books from his brother. <laughs> And sit there and read them. And Todd was like an encyclopedia with remembering because they used to have ratings like unearthly all the way down to feeble as far as like their strength and their, you know, agility and all that kind of stuff. So Todd got me into comic books when I was really, really young. And I mean, me and Todd read comic books together for pretty much from when we were, you know, in third or fourth grade, probably up until I really only stopped collecting comic books when I was in college. So, yeah, so I'm definitely into I'm, I'm definitely into comic books. I read mostly pretty, pretty boilerplate stuff that like I got into powers and, uh, you know, I, but I read most like Spider-Man and, you know, wh whatever was super popular were the things that I tended to be drawn to. 
Okay. Now, did Wizard Magazine have an influence on that? Like, were you also reading Wizard to get the news to know what to buy? So Wizard used to get me part of the, like the major thing that, that I used to buy Wizard for is flipping to the back and just seeing if anything I bought in the 90s had gone up by <laughs> and, and it hadn't. But that, but yeah, I mean, like I, I did do a lot of reading, but R- Wizard was really gauged for kids who were a little bit older than me when I was in my younger stage. And then, uh, but as I got older, yeah, we were, I was picking them up and usually around Todd's house, actually. Well, that's what I was wondering. So did you, by chance, were you aware of the Seamus comic book store? Like, did you ever visit there and purchase books there? I did. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it was actually a pretty cool shop. That I mean, it wasn't really far from Wizard the first time that I ended up there. It just was, was looking for an alternate comic book shop. And uh, I was probably, like I said, with Todd because we were together a lot. Yeah, and we, we rolled up there and we checked it out. It was a pretty nice spot. So then what was the the path that led you to then working at Wizard? But I mean, Todd obviously was there as well. But yeah. like, how did this all come together? So I actually had two buddies. I had one one guy who worked upstairs was also a really good friend of mine and one, one downstairs. And so I got out of college and I did like one of those backpacking trips around Europe. That a lot oh, of sure. Yeah. Kids, <laughs> you know, so I could I could build character in myself. I, uh, I came back and I was going to grad school. And what ended up happening was my grad school classes were all at five o'clock at night, which meant like getting a job was nearly impossible because I'm looking for nine to five jobs or I'm looking for working in retail pretty much. It was really, really tough to find anything that I could do. So Todd ends up calling me one day and he's like, I'm like, look, man, like I was sitting around on the verge of depression because I I had nothing to do. And I kind of just came off like, you know, what are those life climaxes? And so Todd basically offered to talk with the people that ran the warehouse and uh, and see if I could come in and get a, you know, seven, eight dollar an hour job. And, and I, I, I jumped at it because, uh, number one, it was wizard. Number two, I really needed something to do. Hey, what, what year was this? That would have been, that was the year I graduated from college. So it was 2003. So obviously you knew wizard was in your area. So yeah. did that ever cross your mind prior to that? Be like, it'd be so cool to work there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if working a warehouse job, I mean, wasn't exactly where I wanted to see, like, you know, I'm imagining getting out of college and graduating into doing my nine to five job, which wasn't the cards for me. So getting a warehouse job at Wizard was the the next best thing that I guess I could have expected. Being able to work there. And it's kind of cool just to be a part of a place that you've liked for so long. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Because I I would say, for example, I grew up in Southern California in Orange County and in my hometown was Blizzard Entertainment, which means a whole lot to video game players, but I'm not a gamer. So it was totally wasted on me. But a lot of people that graduated graduated from my high school went on to work for blizzard right so with wizard though the thing is that like you know we're talking about a time where like when when wizard was in it at its peak like we are talking about a time where comic books weren't really cool yet you know like there, there's been this like evolution of how people view comics and especially like through the you know the marvel movies and stuff yeah. like that so like like there was no cachet in me being like hey what's up i work at wizard you know yeah <laughs> I was like a comic book shop and then also i would have had it also had to have followed up with telling them that i packaged hero clicks and mailed letters for them but <laughs> so what was then your first impression you've heard about it all this time you get to the wizard offices you're getting hired you're getting through an orientation and this is the warehouse like what were you thinking so there was no orientation um, <laughs> the, uh, so the thing is that like 
since this job that that I, I ended up doing for like a year, that job and was really the kind of thing that like some days employees would bring their children and be like, hey, you're going to work in the warehouse for the day. So it was not the kind of thing where they were like, hey, we need to walk you through, you know, like management protocols. Like you have this many breaks every day, you know, whatever. It was like, hey, just, you know, try not to burn the place down and, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get something out of you. First, I, I drove up to the to the office and I'm sure a lot of those guys have told you about like it's it's oddly under overwhelming considering the way where this sort of sits in your brain when you're kind of a nerd you know yeah because the lobby i guess you call it had like a spiral staircase that went up i mean it was like a like the poor man's version of like the scarface set you know like it was thick carpets spiral staircases and then what you on the back end of that you walked right into the warehouse which is where i ended up but there was no real orientation and it was it was underwhelming at first it sounds like there wasn't necessarily a routine were there rules if someone would request an item to be pulled or merchandise be provided to them for some reason i mean did you have to verify that did you have to write it down do you have to catalog what was going out or is it just kind of like all right here you go uh well <laughs> so there was supposed to be but like it it could be a bit of a free-for-all there there were some things that i'm pretty sure were, were removed without general permission i remember actually one time that like the the most awkward one of the most awkward moments i had at work was a writer came and he i think he was coming by from new york to do an interview he's a well-known dude but i'll i'll, I'll spare the detail sure. <laughs> And he, um, he grabbed like a handful of stuff and it wasn't like, like, you know, like, like busts or anything super duper expensive. It was like, you know, a couple of like knickknacks and this kind of stuff. But the, he was kind of just wandering around. Cause I, I guess the guys, you know, downstairs were busy or were like, Hey, just go check out the warehouse. Go see what's going on out there or whatever. I don't know. I, don't, I, I really have no idea. And, um, he just picked, he had like a handful of stuff and he was like, is it cool if I take this? And I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, uh, sure. <laughs> I didn't I, I, I didn't feel like I had any ability to say no to him because he was, you know, this this was like talent. You know, this is like a real relatively well-known human being. Yeah. So, you know, the, the warehouse was an interesting place in the sense that, like, it was a little laissez-faire with regards to people taking things and how they were supposed to get things out of there. What I'm wondering is, so did you know, like, this is the valuable merchandise over here? This is the collectible stuff? This is what's under? Was there, like, lock and key stuff? Oh, man, yeah. A lot of the older toys that they would use in, like, the Twisted Toy Fair theaters and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and so there was that stuff but nobody ever touched it because that was like in, it was in its own separate space back there if, and then there was this right next to that like underneath a grate was where this kid daryl worked um and daryl was in charge with getting everything ready for you know sending out through the other online store and packed up right behind him was where there was stuff that was really really valuable you know i mean i guess i relative i guess we're not talking about anything it's like thousands of dollars but you know things like i brought up before like things like busts rated comics you know things like that 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 were pretty valuable that stuff i don't think a lot of people or i don't think anybody would have gone back and stolen anything like that um there's at least not a purpose but i also wouldn't have put it past the current so when this is all going down then and like you say you have your your busy days you have kind of your your lazy days like what was the best part of the gig for you then if you're there for a year you're enjoying it or yeah. are you enjoying enjoying it uh no definitely not but the thing is like when you're like 23 and this is like your first job job out of school that you're not even really you know you're not taking this as like your first career move this is something for now yeah you know pretty squarely like where you stand especially in like light of what i was saying before like a staff member would bring their seven-year-old and be like hey you're gonna hang out with 23 year old in the back who smokes camels um (laughs) 
so that I kind of knew where I stood in regard to like like everything there. But how did you prefer to pass the time? Like, were you reading comics or were you like, what, what would you do? Safeway. Yeah, I'd read a lot of comics because they would give me a job like, so Hero Clicks. Do you guys know what those are? Oh, sure. Cool. Because Wizard would have these giveaways of like a specific Hero Click that, that was a Wizard exclusive. So they'd give me, be like, hey, make a thousand, you know, put a thousand of these in a box and then do a thousand more with two in a box so they could just like mass mail them out. I would go through jobs like that as fast as I could and then basically like find a place, put the radio on and grab a comic book and open it and, and read it until it was the time to do the next thing. That's basically how I spent my, and like when some of the guys would come back from the office and like take a cigarette break sometimes i'd go out and talk with them sometimes i'd pop in and try to bother the guys in the bullpen but those guys didn't want to they had like real work to do i just wanted to be like hey guys what's going on what are you doing you're doing the interesting stuff (laughs) did did they ever pull you in like were were you featured in the magazine to your knowledge man i swear that was one of the things i told todd it's like i was like you know the only thing i want to get out of this is it'd be awesome if i got featured at some point in like a you know one of the you know they used to like superimpose their heads on exactly yeah but I never got it. The guy that was above me in the warehouse was in it a lot. But alas, I failed, sir. <laughs> so what What for you, if anything? I mean, were there particular assignments that were more difficult or what in particular where you're just like, that was like the craziest day? Yeah, dude. So there was a guy, the aforementioned guy. His name was Donato. And this guy's like a legend. Like you, you could write movies about Donato. <laughs> and... There was a, they had a gift guide. It was done by like toy, it was called like Toy Quest or something like that. It was, I don't remember like how, like who or what part of the magazine put it out. I mean, it sounds like it would be Toy Fair, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. And they had giveaways, you know, during the, the Christmas holiday where like, you know, you'd, you'd send in one of those, like uh, those, those rip out postcards and, you know, they'd pick a winner. Mm-hmm. And they had me box up like 17 different in one box. I had to try to find a way to like, like Frankenstein together, like 19 different, you know, shapes of boxes in the warehouse and get like a copy of Monopoly and a copy of like all these different things in there. And it, we just like didn't, they, they didn't order the right supplies to do it. And they employed, you know, me who, with like vague interest in doing my job to do it. And so I'm in the back and I finally figured out how to get him in. And I was pouring packing peanuts into one of these things. And Donato, who was the guy who was like basically the guy in charge of the warehouse, is is pissed because I have been spilling packing peanuts everywhere. And I don't know if you've ever like gotten those things outside of your trash can, you see them around your yard, you know, for the next yeah, forever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So after that day, I kind of realized that Donato was somebody that I should definitely be listening to. And that, you know, the harder parts of the job tended to be these things that came out of nowhere because I ended up being sort of a jack of all trades back there where like somebody could be like, hey, can you come up to my office and do data entry? And I'd be like, "Okay." Other days they'd be like, hey, we need you to put together, you know, a giveaway, you know, for for this this smaller, smaller magazine that we put out. And it's going to take you a week and a half. So none of it was backbreaking, man. None of it was killer. But but some of it some of it definitely had me button heads with some people. Hey there, gift-giving geeks. We're just taking a break to tell you about our sponsor for this episode, Fun.com. You know, Michael, Stephen, and I buy each other presents all the time, and we're always looking for the most obscure and nerdy items to impress each other. Speaking from personal experience, Fun.com is a fantastic source for officially licensed pop culture clothing, toys from the likes of DC and Marvel. How about Ghostbusters or the Batman movies? Plus exclusive items you just won't find anywhere else. There's actually a killer Venom t-shirt in an Eric Larson style available only at Fun.com. It's super cool. And check this out. Just for being a listener to Wizards, the podcast guide to comics on the Retro Network, you can get 10% off your next order from Fun.com 
through August 7, 2021. The 10% will automatically be subtracted from your shopping cart total there on the site. Just click the link found in the show notes for this episode and the discount will be automatically applied. I've done it. I bought my daughter a Wonder Woman t-shirt, a Star Wars themed storybook for my son, and uh, maybe a few items for myself as well. So treat yourself or your geeky friends and family to the gift of fun from fun.com. Earlier, we talked a little bit about the possibility of basketball, and you said there there's a hoop there being wheeled out every once in a while. But yeah. also reported were, were these warehouse hand truck races. I, I don't know if this is a sport they mentioned they were taking part in, but for you, like, were there other shenanigans going on? Shena- yeah, shena- I mean, one of the really fun things about the job was when, actually probably the most fun thing, was when somebody would come back and be like, yo, we need a copy of uh, this wizard magazine that's, you know, X amount of years old. Because they had all them back there you know they had them all but they were buried you know in like like stacks of crates and you know all the way up to the ceiling and i would just kind of like spider-man around and climb around up there and grab those things and throw them down that was my my personal favorite shenanigans but the thing is like when you bring up the warehouse right the, the races on those things i swear to god man i spent an entire year back there and i never got invited to one so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I, I, I don't know if, maybe it's just me it's like the, the, you know the, the warehouse guy is you know busy boxing up his hero clicks and stuff but yeah yeah man there was there was lots of funny shenanigans about about being in the in the warehouse but that's that's one that i never got to take part of oh, and so because we also heard i think about it been chris ward that told us about people firing arrows or like shooting at the local wildlife off the loading dock <laughs> like out the back into the wilderness can, can you confirm or deny this chad oh, when i when i brought up donato that might might or may not have been who he was talking about <laughs> i mean I'm, not always was like a, a, a Ted Nugent like character, sort of, you know, ah. like, and if you could imagine what Ted Nugent would do if he saw like a, a multi pointed buck, you know, outside anywhere, it's pretty much what Donato would do. <laughs> now, what about like, just as you said, like, sometimes you go into the bullpen, you've made friends with some of the, you know, the writing staff and maybe the management staff, but really like outside of Donato and, you know, Daryl, maybe like, what were the interactions like for you with the people upstairs? stairs and you said you had a friend who worked up there yeah i did yeah so the 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 thing is like the dynamic between me and the guys downstairs and upstairs is really different the guys downstairs you know that's like more the creative side the magazine side and the upstairs people are more the corporate side and the guys downstairs were all really really cool i mean like it's certainly like like i had a job that they had no reason to be particularly welcome or cool and i went to lunch with them i went to lunch with alex you know almost every day um i went to lunch with a guy named rich ho who uh um, a great guy and I went to, you know, with him just about every day and Todd, Todd, obviously every day. And then our other friend who worked upstairs, this guy, Andrew Reedman, you know, I mean, he, he also came with us. But the, the guys downstairs were like, frankly, like as I look back on it, I almost remember it, just how nice all those guys were. Like, I didn't get to know the Inquest guys that well. because You know, the factions of sort of like the spectrum of nerd down there. That was just the one that I had the least in common with. So I never got to know those guys very well. But almost everybody, like the guys in the bullpen were so cool. And the guys that Todd, like I used to go and sit in Todd's office every once in a while um, when I was avoiding, you know, boxing up stuff. And the those guys were also really cool too. Like they, they, they were always pretty welcoming, despite the fact I'm sure I'm pretty sure I was probably annoying them. Well, speaking of cool, we got to know, Chad. There may have been somebody else who dared to grace you with his presence in the warehouse. So, Garib Sheamus, cool or fool? Did anybody answer that he's cool? Chris Ward. <laughs> That's a joke. No. Yeah, I know. Chris Ward is like the the king of ethering all things Sheamus. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm on. I think I'm on Chris Ward's corner here. The guy had some ideas. With the, I, I'd go with the fool. <laughs> we have a lot of people in the middle. So you and Chris Ward yeah. taking a stand. This is from the warehouse guy. 
You know, so uh, <laughs> I am order in solidarity with our fists up on, on the fool corner. So now this is where I have to go, Chad, is what question am I not asking that I should be asking about your time at Wizard of the Warehouse? Um, the one thing that, like, I, I don't know, I don't know how well it's understood, but the store that Daryl did most of the work packaging, that was not well done, I'd say. Um, <laughs> Like just like the things that they would order to like get ready for their for the storage. I don't know like what kind of traffic or what what you know how much how much they were doing. But I don't know. Do you remember when Bendis wrote was it Secret War in like two thousand three? Yeah. Yeah. So like I was I remember being really excited for it and you know going into comic shops and you know they'd have like these phone book size stacks of of Secret War. The guys upstairs who ran the store ordered six copies and I remember thinking that and being like, man, I'd like, I can't believe that, you know, we have like the comic event of the year and we thought six was enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Under order there. Yeah. yeah. A little bit, a little bit. So I think this, the, we could have tightened some screws in the store. Yeah, man. If like anybody of the guys upstairs, like they weren't really comic readers, you know? So if they'd gone downstairs and asked anybody, Hey, like what should our orders look like this? You know, even though it like wouldn't have been their job to answer the question at all, they would have gotten some answers that would have made things pretty clear. Now, obviously you were surrounded by swag promotion materials and so on and so forth did you keep any for yourself do you still have some mementos from your time at wizard yeah i do so my boss was this woman upstairs jen and she was like incredibly generous and like patient you know i think she understood pretty well that like this job wasn't exactly where i really wanted to be but she was like also like you know she 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 was she was just a really sweet lady basically so if i went to her and asked for something then she would almost uniformly just like yeah it's okay just like, don't worry about it because also most of the things i was asking for were like the ultimate spider-man half issue you know that that it was a wizard exclusive yeah and you know things like that but uh i don't know man like i really wish i could i could tell you that like i i like, would have ripped something off but like i was like really nervous about like actually going and like them finding something in my car and just like the the absolute shame um i don't know man you know they, 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 that that's just the way that i kind of felt about it so like whenever i wanted something i asked and i pretty much got it Dude, now what led then to your departure from wizard ultimately did you get an opportunity? Yeah. That year that I was there, I was in uh, grad school at Montclair State. And I kind of just decided that, like, I didn't really want to be... You know, a lot of a lot of the kids that graduate school back east, like there's this sort of um, at least where around where I grew up, there's this cycle of, you know, they move to Hoboken, you know, or to New York City after college. And then they kind of like meander back into the suburbs, you know, just kind of back to where they grew up. And I kind of didn't want to do that. And so I decided to transfer to the West Coast to the University of San Diego for to finish up grad school. And uh, my girlfriend came with me and we're, we're married now for 12 years. And that was kind of that was kind of what it was. You know, I just I was ready to go. And so Jen uh, gave me a, an inflated paycheck my last week and <laughs> i hit the road and, and here i am man. score yeah that's nice so do you feel like did you stay connected through the world of comics through like todd or anybody else or was everybody just kind of off to their next adventure no i mean like i still like have interactions with a bunch of those guys you know i, I just actually ordered rich ho's book a little bit ago alex i, I actually you know we we kind of banter i'll do a lot of online bantering and you know todd i'm definitely in touch with he's you know he's one of my oldest friends and you know the, some of the other guys that you know i'm in touch with like via like facebook and stuff like that you know i'm kind of the same way like with alex like on like online banter but i mean they're really they're really cool guys you know it was really uh it's hard to walk away from a job that i really didn't like that much and like kind of picture like in your mind picture that i really didn't like the place but like the place was pretty great and the, the people that i worked with were pretty great too so so then ultimately then what is your concept we're in the 30th anniversary year of the legacy of wizard magazine but yeah. then you know maybe juxtaposed with the congers office <laughs> oh man 
I feel like, you know, how comics have these years where they go off a cliff, you know, like they have these these periods of time where like Marvel's a mess, you know, and, like there's nothing worth picking up a grade. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Wizard really followed that, you know, like that that sort of trajectory where like they got bogged down for a little while with like the, you know, like Rob Liefeld stuff, you know, like where like everything was, you know, overpronounced image comic time, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm sorry, I should probably should say a name. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear you can get in trouble for mentioning Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but anyway, the, the, like they kind of I feel like their entire legacy just kind of followed that like comics kind of flit in and out of like how popular they are. And they actually weirdly like Wizards sort of weirdly got extinguished right before they probably would have gotten like a pretty massive second life, you know, because they were right. They were on that Hollywood thing and they were they were there, but they just couldn't really hold on. So I don't know, man, I, I guess I guess like their legacy is sort of, you know, r- really just mirrored the sort of the industry which they were tied to. And yet, uh, when you think about all the people from the Congress office that you've worked with, how many have gone on to have so much success in the comics world, but then in other areas? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I even know a couple of the guys that, like, I don't know if, like, they're, like, bathed in money or, like, whatever, but they're just, like, really, really good people, and they're really fun to see what, the, what they're up to, no matter what it is. Yeah. I mean, Alex is just absolutely killing it. Like, I, I, I kind of like following him, because he's a really, really sweet guy. You know, you love it when you see somebody who's, who's a really sweet person, like, getting what you think they deserve in, in that great way and that's that's what's been like watching alex oh well that's awesome chad we want to thank you so much for joining us this really was a very enlightening discussion because again this area we we don't hear about this mysterious warehouse that's only been mentioned in whispers and you were there so much mystery and there's so many people sneaking in and walking out with heavy pockets it's amazing <laughs> and speaking of mysteries ooh, maybe you could shed some light on some of the darker quarters of wizard history. But if you are a wizard staffer who has been enjoying the series, listening to your old co-workers share their experiences, we want to hear from you. So please, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Wizards Comics, on Instagram at Wizards underscore comics, or send us an email at wizardscomicspod at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening, and I can tell you that next time around, we have someone who was very influential to the magazine and possibly the most overlooked in the features that ran for many, many years. Yes, Tom Palmer, he of Palmer's Picks, who covered all the independent comic scene for Wizard for six years, will be joining us on the next installment of The Wizard Files. We're very excited to talk to him, so look forward to that. But until next time, we're closing the files. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.